I want to make sure the audience knows this phrase, know your ideal client profile, and then know who you're speaking with at the organization. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Dan and I are both in the world of sales. And like most salespeople, you would imagine they want to close more deals. While you might prefer close-ended questions, we all want that yes. And we'll even accept a no if that means we aren't going to waste time or money going after something or someone that's not going to say yes. However, when it comes to learning about your prospect, discovering and uncovering hopes, as well as their pains, open-ended questions are truly the way to go. Today, my twin and I are going to dive into how being genuinely curious can make all the difference in increasing your sales results. Let's talk about the concept of framing questions and start with asking, do we position ourselves and our clients' prospects with enough open-ended questions? Dan, it's good to be able to talk about this together with you today. You are a sales training organization. You work with managed service providers. You're working with the C-suite members and you're teaching them the concepts of selling. And it's so hard to want to just jump in and not give into our emotions, the, the stress or the push to want to close more deals and make shortcuts happen. Why is it important for us to talk about open-ended questions? David, that's a great question. And for all of our audience today, we are going to have fun. It's not just giving you details of open-ended versus closed-ended questions, but we're going to try to give you a few examples. We're just going to have a little bit of fun. But the most important thing is David was stating earlier, when you have a call with an individual prospect, a new prospect, or even an existing customer, sometimes you need to try to bring out as much information as possible, get them to talk, and then use those key words that you hear as ammunition to continue to move them forward and down the sales process. It's very important to be able to do that. In other words, are you listening? As Dave said, you have to be able to listen. We think it's all about getting through our script. It, it's not about getting through your script. It's all about understanding your customer. Do you understand them? Do you hear them? Are you empathetic towards them? Now you define the outcome based upon understanding the emotions that allows you to ask the right questions. When they start talking, use those questions to bring it back up again to get them to be deeper. And the more you can do that, the better it is. And so when we think about a framework and we think about putting it all together, and we're going to give you examples today of closed-ended questions, open-ended questions, 
We're going to give you examples of why you need to take advantage of it. But the simplest way I like to put it, the very simplest way is think about four main items. Dave, is okay if we share and talk about just four main items? Dan, let's go there. Go for it. So you can change these four items any way you want to a new person that you're speaking with, an old person that you've had relationships with for a long time. But number one is, what does success look like in 12 months for you? So let's say you're a gym instructor. You're calling somebody to try to get them to sign up to the gym. But not just sign up to the gym, sign up to have you as their personal trainer. Wouldn't it be great to start off with, what does success look like for you in 12 months at the gym? Instead of, hey, you want to join the gym? And Dave would tell you a little bit later why that question, <laughs> yes or no, maybe, maybe not. It's not necessarily getting them inspired. You want to get the emotion out of them. What does success look like in 12 months for you? Well, I've been doing this for so long. Telling myself I'm going to get out, of, get out of the bed. I'm going to go and work out every day. I just don't have the motivation. But, man, what it would look like in 12 months, I would be healthy. I would feel great about myself. My emotional statement about my brain and who I am and what I am would feel great. And I would feel good. And I would think I'm feeling good. And I would know I feel good. And I would go outside with a better outlook. Okay, that's great. Number two, what's holding you back? Oh, I don't have a friend or to motivate me. I don't have the money. Uh, I'm too far away from the gym. Whatever that means, you want, you want to ask that question, what's holding you back? And I'm going to ask this to Dave later on today about his co own company, these four questions about his own company. Number three, what do you think about the trend that most people who want to go to the gym start off very strong but after three days, they, make, they start to make excuses and give up. What do you think about that trend? And are you sure you don't want to be a part of that statistic of quitters? Hey, Danny, I'm not a quitter, all right? I understand that trend, but that's why I'm talking to you right now. I need help. I need to figure out how I'm going to do this. And then the last step is just be quiet. Take the words that they stated in steps one through three. Ask about it again to get more clarification and be quiet. If in a sales call, you do most of the talking, it is not an open-ended sales call. No. It is a closed-ended sales call. And so I want to bring that up and make sure that people understand that. David? Yeah, and I appreciate you bringing up those four simple steps, four simple things to keep in mind when you're engaged in a conversation, whether that's a cold call or you're actually meeting with a prospect. I, I think this is something you can definitely do even for your current clients. And I'll talk about that shortly. Uh, Dan, you, you know, we, I want to go back to something that's, that's clearly not stated enough. I don't believe it's in the core of every sales professional out there in terms of a, a belief system for themselves. It's not just framing the question. It's in their own mind. Are they framing the belief? You said something, Dan, that if you're doing most of the talking, it is not an open conversation. Correct. You've got an agenda. You just want to get it across the finish line. You're not there to really engage, to understand. And this is why listening skills are such an important, important leadership skill. You know, mom used to say, you got two years to listen, one mouth to speak, do twice as much listening. I think in the sales world, if you could do 70% of the listening, 
then you're actually in a good place with that prospect to close that deal. You've got to yes. listen to understand versus trying to listen to answer. So many of us listen only to respond, only to react instead of listening to further understand. Mm. That listening skill can take you deeper than any other sales rep. And the truth is, there might be a ton of sales representatives doing exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to differentiate yourself? How are you going to be different than anybody else? You've got to learn to listen. I, I'll put it this way, Dan. I've heard someone once say that if you don't listen, how will you know exactly what to pitch? Mm. If you don't listen, how will you know what solution to provide? If you don't listen, you're going to throw everything at them, and they may not need any of that. If you don't listen, how will you be able to have the position of influence or power to say, you know, I'm not even sure if we're going to be able to work together until I fully understand where you're coming from, your organization, and if we might even be a good fit. Is it okay if I also say no? This this is what you got to do. Um, Dan, I heard somebody use the acronym WAIT. WAIT standing for why am I talking? (laughs) You got (laughs) to listen. You got to listen. (laughs) Why are you talking? Let them talk. Now, there might be some challenging, complex scenarios, Dan, but before we go into all of that, let, let's define a little bit more. What would be considered an open-ended question versus a closed-ended question, Dan? That's a great question, David. When we think about open-ended question, you have to think about open-ended questions are dis- for discovery. You got to ask the open question to learn about your client. Now, you are doing everything right. Let's say, for example, you know exactly your client, the, the client that you love and you want more than any other client. That gives you the most profitability, that's the right decision maker, that is the right industry, so you know all that. But just because you have the right client, if you're not asking open-ended questions, you can't discover what is important to that client. Closed-ended questions lead you to a yes or no, as Dave stated earlier. Maybe they don't want a definitive yes or no. Maybe they want to see if you can ask the right question, they will be able to divulge it. And I, this is one of the things I talk about all the time is this thing, this concept that when you are going to talk to a client, you want to make sure that you are very specific mm-hmm. in your broad ask. And they say, what does that mean? That if you're going to ask an open-ended question and, and you wanted to make it as broad as possible, it has to be very specific. So you don't want to just say, are, are you hungry? That's a yes or a no. It, it will be... I, man, it's about 6.30 at this moment. I'm going to get pretty hungry pretty soon. What do you feel like eating today? So you're specifying that it is that time of day to eat. Now you're asking a discovery question of what do you feel like eating? Do you like, cold, do you like pizza? That's a closed-ended question. First of all, almost everybody likes pizza, but <laughs> somebody may say no. The next thing is, when you eat pizza, what is your ideal pizza toppings? Now they're going to say, well, I don't know about you, but I actually like pineapple on my pizza. Oh, no, not pineapple. They may say that. And that's really so important. Open-ended questions are what, how, when. Remember, using just one phrase, what, how, when, is very powerful. What do you feel like eating? When, we, when would you like to go eat? When, when are we going to eat? Very powerful. So use this in every conversation today. Even when you're talking to your friend, your spouse, whoever it may be, try asking an open-ended question. See what they say. I bet you can't get them to stop talking. 
We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. If you are a professional within the technology sector, the Black Charter Partner Alliance's RISE conference taking place on the 19th of March is the one you just can't miss. We're excited because this is an event that everyone who attends, well, at least the first 300, will receive a free digital book Profit first. And with this method, you'll always generate profit within your business. Among the incredible supporters of the BCPA and RISE event is our title sponsor, Microsoft. You will receive unique insights into the best practices and hear success stories, leadership, technology, career development, all of that will be included. Network with industry leaders, partners, and alliances of BCPA members. It is great to go and meet other people who are technology owners and leaders themselves. Our mission here at the Black Channel Partner Alliance is to accelerate the growth of Black innovators and Black-owned technology businesses through mentorship, coaching, and community. We must all rise together to provide equal opportunities and representation within the largest technology ecosystems. We believe in the power of your voice and your ability to drive both exponential growth and change. Together, we can rise. For more information about the RISE and to register for the 19th of March event, please go to bcpalliance.com and click on the events tab. When you click on the events tab, you'll be an op- have an opportunity to register. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Dan, I, I agree with that. And I what I love about open-ended questions, and this is coming from somebody that's been married for about 24 years, almost almost 24 years now. And you start thinking, okay, what 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 is it about your 
conversations in your marriage that helps to keep that flame going? What it is about communicating and spending time with your spouse that you truly enjoy? And I love when my wife feels like she sees her husband engaged in the conversation, that she believes that I really truly want to know about her day, or I truly want to know what she's concerned about. And I'm asking the questions to dig deeper because I really want to know. And if we're genuinely interested in our clients or in our prospect, mm. we're going to ask those questions. And I love how you said it might be broad, but it's specific. Why? Because you're you're always trying to angle them. You're trying to guide them. You're trying to put them in a position where eventually you lead them down a path where they realize that you are the perfect solution or work with you is the right strategy for my organization. And this is why it's important. I think this, Dan, is something I was thinking about when it comes to sales training and sales roles, is that you look at the funnel, you think of the imagination of a funnel, right? You, you want to start broad and you're going to go narrow. And the broader the open-ended questions and the closed-ended questions are the narrow, like you said. And those closed-ended questions are what's going to lead to next steps. So before we go there, what are some advantages, Dan, to incorporating this mind shift mindset of asking open-ended questions? Well, let's just say asking as many open-ended questions as possible, especially when you're in the discovery process. What do you think are some of the advantages of really incorporating this belief without feeling tempted to have to put in the clothes? First of all, when you think about this type of questioning, it's going to help build, build that trust factor. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Whenever you have a short, finite period to reach somebody, to get to understand somebody, to help them understand who you are, what you are, and your products and solutions you're trying to sell, whatever that may be, asking these type of questions helps you build that rapport and it helps you close what I call that gap of trust. Mm. People buy from who they like, who they trust. People buy from people that they believe believe in them or understand them. And so this will actually help you build that rapport. It also, as Dave and I were talking about earlier, it helps you have that insight to strengthen the relationship, to develop that relationship, because that's really what it's all about. It's developing that relationship. And then it helps you uncover the pain points. It helps you uncover the pain point. This is so crucial. If you're having a conversation with somebody and you don't know what's bothering them, then how can you feel confident that solution you're providing is exactly what they need? Right. Right, Dan. Let me let me add something. Do you mind if I add something? Sure thing. I, I was in a training earlier this week, and and what was emphasized is that when you're trying to uncover pain, you have to remember that all prospects lie. And you're sitting there going, no, no, no. You want to believe the best about them, that they're going to tell you whatever you want to know up front. No, they're going to lie because they're in the position of preservation. They're trying to protect their, themselves, their company, their organization. And you're not going to often get the first pain in that response. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to ask the right questions to get them to uncover it. So you could go to the doctor and say, doc, you know, I'm not been feeling well. And if the doctor just goes, okay, great, Dave, here's, the, here's them aspirin. You'll be all right. That's not enough. Mm -mm. You've got to dig deeper. You've got to be able to say, if you're the physician to the patient, okay, Dave, what has been hurting? How mm. long has this been going on? When have you noticed during the day or during the night that these symptoms come up? 
the more questions the doctor asks, the better in position he'll be to prescribe the right remedy for me, right? That's what we're supposed to do as sales professionals. Exactly. We're the doctors. But if we just go for the first response and they say, this is my pain, we may never get to truly supporting that prospect. We've got to ask questions to uncover the true pain and open-ended questions are a great way to get to that point. And that's a great point, David, because if you are at your doctor and you say you're in pain, the doctor just gives you aspirin. It doesn't necessarily get specific. Aspirin's not going to do anything for you if the pain that you have is a broken arm. Mm. It's not going to do much for you. So it's important for that physician, the doctor, the family care doctor, whoever, whoever your family doctor is, to be able to specifically uh, ask an open-ended question. You said you're in pain. Tell me more about this pain. Where, where is it occurring at? Does it, does it occur multiple times throughout the day or just once? Well, if you can look at my arm right here, you see that it's bent <laughs> sideways. <laughs> and so now the doctor can specifically address the pain. And the good thing is when the doctor listens and addresses the pain, the, the pain specifically, he or she will surpass your expectation. Yep. That's exactly what I wanted. Now, all the other things that included, I'll put a cast on it. I'll make sure that people can write on it, put, put highlights on it. I'll give you this long little stick that you can use to scratch inside your skin when it gets all itchy. Wow, you're going way above my expectation. That's the key. When you address the, the pain specifically and you're asking that open-ended question, when you provide your solution at the end of the day, yeah, you may have extra bells and whistles. That's awesome. But you need to address the pain. And when yep. you address that pain, all those extra bells and whistles are going to add value, hmm. value for your client. And it's going to give you that stickiness factor so that they won't ever want to leave you in case another competitor comes to the door later. Yep. So use those other things as stickiness factor, but they're not important right now. You, what's important is addressing that pain. And when you do it the right way, you will exceed their expectations. Yeah, I agree, Dan. Totally agree. I think really at the end of the day, we, outside of just addressing the pain points, we, we also can't say we don't want closed-ended questions, right? As Dave, you sure. said earlier, one of the closed-ended questions we want, we want to have asked could be something that says, yes, I'm ready to buy. Uh, yes, right now. Yes, let's go, let's go out right now. Uh, or whenever I get in town, Dave and I will always talk about, hey, let's go, let's go, get, our, go, to, go get some wings. Yeah, we do. Let's go watch the sports together and let's have our deep conversations that we always ask. Dave doesn't wait till I get in town and say, hey, you want to go out? <laughs> no, it's like, hey, man, I'm ready to go out at this moment. Why don't we go grab our favorite wing spot? Are you feeling like trying something? You feel like experiencing a new sauce today and whatever, whatever, whatever. So it's one of the things where we will make sure that we do our favorite spot, but then Dave will ask a different question to get me to start talking about my trip, my business, whatever it may be. But one thing I'll say, once you ask a question that's a pain point, you address that question, you want to get to a closed-ended question at the yes. very end. Because yes. this closed-ended question will provide the specific and necessary information for the sale, to close exactly. the sale. Exactly. You don't want to ask an open-ended question forever and ever and ever because a person will talk forever. Yep. Once you build rapport, once you build the trust, once you build that specific area where you address the pain points, we do want to get to a close. Eventually, you want to stop talking. Eventually, you want to stop listening. Eventually, you want to get that money. 
Yeah, exactly. Dan, before before we go on, I, I, I want to throw out a couple examples. I, I think every sales professional, especially if they're inexperienced, you alluded to this earlier, they are tempted to want to stick to the sales track or mm -hmm. the script that they've been given. And they're more concerned about not missing that next step in the sales track that they're really missing the fact that their prospect is looking at them with this confusion on their face or they're looking at them with this sense of why are you even talking with me? So these are things we got to keep in mind. We don't want to be that inexperienced sales professional that comes in fumbling and not really being secure. You got to remember you're there for a reason. They invited you in for a reason. Have that confidence to be secure enough to be patient, to wait and ask open-ended questions. I got a couple examples. I know that a lot of these inexperienced sales reps would do this down. They'll walk into the office and they'll scan the room. Yeah. And they'll look for trophies and they'll look for plaques and where that person went to school. And they'll ask something simple like this. Oh, did you go to Oklahoma? Because they saw an Oklahoma University degree. Mm -hmm. And that person might look behind and see that it says Oklahoma and go, no, that's my wife's or that's my partner's. Or they could just say, yeah, but that's not enough. That's mm. not how you engage a conversation. And they probably heard that from every other salesperson that walked through the door. Instead, you could probably try. I remember that Red River shootout classic against Texas back in 2020. <laughs> that was amazing. What was your favorite experience as a fan? That Get them talking. It gets them out of themselves. You could talk about that favorite golf shot, you know, something they experienced, and then you get them going. And mm. once you get them going, Dan, that's where that broadness, you can start narrowing it down with more open questions that are refined and specific. Yep. I'll give you another example. A lot of sales reps will do this. They'll walk in and say, hey, John, hey, Sally, did you did you see the email I sent you? What, what are you expecting for them to hear? You want them to feel guilty that they didn't respond to the email, hit reply? You mm -hmm. want them to feel like, oh, geez, I should have spent time in my day looking at an email from Joe Schmell's uh, sales rep? Mm -hmm. Instead, you could say something like, John, Sally, what information in that email that I sent you earlier stood out to you? Or what struck you? That is different. It doesn't put them on the defense. It puts them in a position to go, well, yep. let me be specific about what I liked in your email or what I saw. And it also gives them room to say, you know, I really didn't get a chance to read that email. What, what was it about again? And then mm. you can get right into your conversation. You've got to be able to ask those questions. So if I'm a rookie sales rep, Dan, you're selling, uh, you're training sales reps all the time. You're, you're training these organizations and you might want to give them some preset examples of open-ended questions what would some of those be you mentioned earlier what does success look like i think that to me is probably the best it's a golden question because if you can go in there and say what does success look like that company owner that manager or director might say hey we had a 10 percent growth last uh, uh year i would love to be able to see a 15 percent growth that's success to them or success to them might be hey we've had this hybrid model, people working from home, people working remotely. If, if, if I could just get my employees to stay engaged, that would be success for me. And just asking those questions, what, what do you think are some possible questions, regardless of industry, that could, they could try to incorporate that will allow them to go in with that open question mindset? David, that's a great question. And before I answer that question, I want to make sure the audience knows this phrase, know your ideal client profile 
and then know who you're speaking with at the organization. Yes. People say, why is that important? Because if I'm speaking to an owner of an organization or if I'm speaking to a C-suite, what's important to them? Metrics, KPIs, numbers, mm. ROI. If I'm speaking to their immediate reports, a director or manager, what's important for them? It may be productivity. It may be selling the vision of that solution and where they want to be 12 months from now. If I'm speaking to a gatekeeper, I'm um, speaking to somebody that is going to block me from getting to the decision maker. What's important to them that they may feel it has to be their idea. Yeah. They're proud that they've been at a company for 25 years and they're proud that they blocked every single salesperson <laughs> from bothering the doctor or bothering the sales manager. So what's important to them? They want to feel important. They want to feel that it was their idea or they only will bring to their manager what is important to make the business profitable. So if you're asking open-ended questions, you better know who this person you're speaking with and yep. what position they have in the company. So I will say that examples of a open-ended question, more examples. What goals do you have for this year of 2022? What is your top priority and why is that your top priority? What is the impact of these goals? If they're not achieved, mm. what will happen if you do nothing? How do you measure your ROI? How do you measure your success? That's very important. And by not making a switch, what will be the impact financially? By not doing nothing, how will you still be able to make your goals over the year? Here's a couple more questions. How does the ideal situation that we discuss compare to your current situation today? How soon are you thinking about changing? What other options are you considering? And what criteria will you use to decide a new provider? These are just a sample set of questions you can use. And car salesmen do it all the time. Yep, yep. They do it all the time. They're, 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 these guys are what we call, <laughs> I hate car salesmen, but at the same time, I respect <laughs> them so much because yes. they sell every day. There's no way, I don't know why people think I'm gonna go outsmart a car, car salesman. These guys sell every day. They practice every day. When you walk into the room, they be like, hey, well, what's going to happen when, if you don't get a new car this year? Well, how's your condition of your current car? What's the impact? You're a young 22-year-old. What's the impact of your dating scene if you, if you go out on the weekends <laughs> and you don't have a nice new car? Well, what's, what's the ideal situation for you? What, what's going to happen this time next year with your dating life, if you, if you keep the car that you currently have today, what decision-making criteria are you going to have to determine what kind of car you're going to want to buy? Yeah. I mean, these are just sample questions, but you can take all these questions, you can apply it to any industry, any vertical, Dave. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, 
brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. If you are a professional within the technology sector, the Black Charter Partner Alliance's RISE conference taking place on the 19th of March is the one you just can't miss. We're excited because this is an event that everyone who attends, well, at least the first 300, will receive a free digital book, Profit First. And with this method, you'll always generate profit within your business. Among the incredible supporters of the BCPA and RISE event, is our title sponsor, Microsoft. You will receive unique insights into the best practices and hear success stories, leadership, technology, career development, all of that will be included. Network with industry leaders, partners, and alliances of BCBA members. It is great to go and meet other people who are technology owners and leaders themselves. Our mission here at the Black Channel Partner Alliance is to accelerate the growth of Black innovators and Black-owned technology businesses through mentorship, coaching, and community. We must all rise together to provide equal opportunities and representation within the largest technology ecosystems. We believe in the power of your voice and your ability to drive both exponential growth and change. Together, we can rise. For more information about the rise and to register for the 19th of March event, please go to bcpalliance.com and click on the events tab. When you click on the events tab, you'll be an op- have an opportunity to register. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Dan, I, I appreciate it. And that was hilarious because it's true. You're, you're appealing to their emotion. You're appealing to the sense of either desperation or need that they have. And, and I'll tell you, you have to respect that. You have to respect the fact that they know the angles to use. They ask enough questions to be able to pull out the strings of that person's quote unquote heart, right? And they want to get that need met. They don't want that mm. pain to persist. And they'll do anything to get that need accomplished. So I wanted to throw out an idea, maybe perhaps a question, uh, two things, Dan. Number one, the thought that came to my mind as you were speaking is what if you get stuck? What if you're having a conversation with your prospect and you just get stuck? You're dealing with that personality trait or personality type and they just don't give answers or they don't respond in a way that's favorable to the questions you're asking. And he or she's sitting there looking at their watch or twiddling with their, their pen and, and you just feel stuck. Wouldn't, wouldn't a well-placed open the question for keep, perhaps keep the fire going or perhaps keep the conversation going? Is it an opportunity to reset? What have been your experiences or what are your thoughts on sales professionals learning how to use a well-timed open the question when the conversation seems to be going nowhere? That's a great question, David. I love it. And, you're not going to always get 100% participation. You're not going to always have uh, your ideal client and yourself holding hands together because you're forming a beautiful relationship. 
Yeah. It's not going to always happen. There's going to be times when you have a conversation and you're going to get stuck. And no matter what you say, you're not going to get anything out of them. So this is an opportunity to say, oh, you know what? Let me just start all over again. Let me just try something different, try a different angle. And sometimes the angle you need to try is silence. Mm, yes, that was the second thing I was going to bring up. Thank you for saying yeah, that. Sometimes it's silence. Sometimes you're going to just be quiet and they're going to, they're going to ask you, hey, you still there? Hello? You still there? Oh, hey, John. Hey, glad, you, glad you're here. I just wanted to make sure that you were still here with me. I asked a couple of questions earlier. Wasn't able to get anywhere with you, but now that you're here, boom, 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 boom. This is where you get a chance to ask another open-ended question. Boom. Yeah. Just like that. And when we're doing this, we got to also remember, Dave, and you know this better than I do. It's called mirroring. Yep. So many times we forget this word mirroring. If you call a prospect and they're very slowly, methodical, not overly energetic and happy, they're like Eeyore. The last <laughs> thing you want to be is Tigger. That's the last thing you want to be is Tigger and they're Eeyore. You have to match their energy with just a little bit, give a little bit more oomph. No one's going to trust you if you're not matching them as well. So when you call, hey, David. Yeah, yeah, this is David. What's up? Hey, man, how you doing, buddy? Oh, goodness. <laughs> what are those guys? This type of guy today. So you want to match the energy when you call the person because then that helps kind of build sure. the vibration of what we call closing the gap of trust. You want to be on the same vibration with them. You want to be present. That's another thing. Sometimes we're just going through the flow. Dave, you mentioned earlier going through the script, but we're not present. Mm -hmm. When you're getting stuck with the prospect, you have to ask yourself, was I present? Yes. Was I there with the, with the prospect? Or was I going through the motion? Because if you weren't present, they could sense that you're not sincere. Yes, they can true. sense that this is just another stupid sales call. Mm. I think it's very important to ask another open-ended question, be silent to get mm. them to, to listen and re-engage. Maybe it's the technology there. Maybe they're blaming your internet because it's a conference, a video conference call, whatever it may be. And then make sure that you're present. Yeah, kids yeah. know this. Your spouse knows this. That when you're with them and you're on your phone, or you're you're just looking out in space. They don't feel special. But yeah. when they feel that you're present, they will give you their day. They will give you the time and they will give you your energy. Dan, I appreciate the way you brought up my second point <laughs> about the power of silence. I don't like when it's quiet except for when I'm sleeping. However, <laughs> when you are quiet, it might make that prospect even more uncomfortable and they feel they have to save you or they feel they have to help you or they feel like they have to engage and that might get that conversation going again and i think that's why positioning yourself to be quiet can sometimes help the other way i look at it is is you could ask another open-ended question from a different angle they wouldn't expect yes to kind of jolt them to wake up again and so I've seen this done before and I've tried it before when I've been in a certain part of the country and I said the weather isn't great. 
Mm. And you could literally, the conversation's not going anywhere. And I was in, in Arizona and then I had to go back to another climate. It was cold. And I would say, gosh, darn it, man. I can't believe it's all snowing outside. And what do you like about this weather? And then you could get, get them engaged with that. And they're like, oh man, I don't like it either. Yep. You know, I, I needed to be in Arizona where you were in Arizona, Dave. Oh yeah, that was fun. Loved it. You know, then I, I'm sure the guys that live in Arizona, they think it gets too hot and they'd rather be where it's cold, you know? And yeah, yeah, they, they have this part too. I guess it's based on our condition, what we're feeling, what's going on. And they can bring back, hey, John, by the way, you know, we were talking about feelings here. Uh, I, I felt like we got lost somewhere in that conversation. Uh, was there anything that I said that got you tripped up or was there anything that I said that got you triggered into thinking about something more about your organization I can help with? And then you bring them back again. There's always a way to do that. And so I think that the power of being quiet or resetting yourself with another open-ended question can keep that dialogue going. Now, right now, if you're uh, listening to our program and you really are enjoying the content, you're enjoying what Dan and I are bringing to you, the topics that we're talking about, the guests that we're bringing in, please subscribe, download these episodes, ask us about becoming a sponsor, and continue to share this program with other people. We, we love it. We want to address your topics. We want to address your concerns. We want to just have fun from our perspective as twins. Dan and I love getting along together, but at the same time, we do go back and forth, and we do have our own opinions about things, but that's what makes this conversation a great conversation and why we enjoy it and why we enjoy bringing people along. So I wanted to bring that out there, Dan. Um, now, earlier in our program here, you mentioned how you were going to ask me some questions. Now, that's correct. I want our audience to know Dan and I did not, <laughs> we did not script any of this out. Uh, I wanted Dan to got to just go with the flow and we'll see where it goes. I mean, we're, we're in a good situation now. The program's been growing like crazy. Dan's company's growing like crazy. Our kids are getting older. We're trying to figure out how to, how to be great parents and great spouses to our wives. I mean, things are changing. Things are moving. So, Dan, I want to let you bring that back up because I did not want to let our audience go without hearing this scenario you wanted to throw at the beginning of our time together. I appreciate it, David. And as we said in the very beginning, we had framed four basic steps to ask a particular client or prospect. These could also be used to ask your best friend, your identical twin brother, anybody, even your spouse. So David, what does success look like for you in the next 12 months? Well, in terms of being a parent, it's making sure that both my children are doing well in college and that Leslie and I, my wife and I, we're going to be okay. And I think for us, being able to do more traveling would be a quite a bit of success from that standpoint. In terms of the business and what you and I are doing collectively in the next 12 months that our three books are out and that we're getting consistent bookings to speak on those books that we've written, that would be successful for me. And I think as far as DSB leadership goes, success would be adding more staff so I can focus on writing and you and I doing more traveling and, and training companies. That would be success for me, I think. That's awesome. I love to hear all those areas you especially uh, talked about, your family, the book, your organization, adding more staff. That's fantastic. So what's going to keep you from achieving those goals? What's going to hold you back? <sighs> That's a good question. It's simple to say money, but... <laughs> The reality is, if you want something, you'll find ways to get it. Uh, I think for me, 
it's not allow myself to procrastinate and put something off tomorrow that needs to be done today. I know for our audience, you don't know, Dan tells me this all the time. He preaches to me about do the hard things first, do the things that you don't want to do right away. But I would say that for me, it's procrastinating. That That's probably the biggest thing that holds me back from just getting it done. I, I feel like I'm juggling so many different great ideas, so many different projects instead of just hunkering down and getting focused on the things that I need to do first and let the other things come to me. That's awesome, David. I know that for you, all those things that you listed holding you back, you always put those things down as action items and you tackle them. And that's the reason why you're succeeding. So I, I know that you're going to be able to do it. I don't have any doubt at all. But David, you, you mentioned earlier about your kids uh, graduating high school and co college. That means that you and Leslie are soon to be open nesters, empty nesters. I'm sorry, <laughs> empty nesters. And what I've heard is that a lot of times parents when their kids are gone and they live in this nice big house, they, they miss their children and they start, they buy an RV and they travel around the U.S. One, to go see their kids and two, they have the ability to go explore nature. Are you going to be part of that? Are you going to be part of that trend? And what do you think about that trend of parents getting RVs? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. And I'm so glad you did your research on the trends. Dan, it's going to sound silly, and I know our audience is probably going to laugh at this, but yes, we've been looking at RVs. <laughs> we were actually thinking about, uh, you know, we were thinking about either selling the house and getting an RV or getting a different property to be closer to extended family because we don't want to be, and this is our personal opinion, we don't want to be chasing the children. Uh, we want to be settled and let them eventually find their ways back to us. And I think that's more natural. That's nature. And so we've been thinking about getting an RV. We've been looking at it. And I think what we're, we're at now is, is going to RV shows and then maybe even renting an RV for a week just to get the feel of it. Now, my wife is a city girl, so it's going to be a hard sell. But if I ask the right open-ended questions, I might close that deal. <laughs> an RV, huh? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that so much. I now I've had this uh, kick with Jenny about tiny homes. So <laughs> that's another story we'll have to get into later in another discussion. What I want to tell our audience today is that when it comes to in being in sales, is that every day you're in sales. Yeah. Every day, even with your own brain, you're in sales about what am I going to eat today? What do I want to drink today? Man. Do I really want to work out today? Because when I work out, I don't see any results. It may take a, a while to see the results, but every day you're negotiating with yourself. You're, ne you're having a sales conversation with yourself. Every day you're having a sales conversation with everybody around you. But what takes a sales conversation to the next level? What gets an individual to lean in and say, tell me more? That's the beautiful thing about it. Whenever you read a story to your kids, a book to your kids, once upon a time, they know the phrase, once upon a time, they lean in. But when you're having a conversation with your client and it's open in a question to your client, the next thing they're going to want to do is they're going to lean in and say, tell me more about you, about your solution, about your product. You want them to lean in and say, tell me more. And they will never get to tell me more unless you ask open-ended questions. And as Dave and I say, it helps you to build rapport. It helps you to get the client to accept you. I love the examples of the pizza. I do. I love the examples that Dave brought up when it comes to, did you go to Oklahoma? Rather than talking about the Red River shootout, 
And we all know Texas is going to win those most of the time. It's just been a bad year a couple of years ago, right? We all know that without a doubt. So if you're listening to our podcast and you gain any knowledge from this, remember, when you're going to ask uh, speak to a client, you want to make sure you give them something to look at. What will this look like for, for you? Mm. What does it look like for you? What's holding you back? What's holding you back? Remember, it's the what, where, how, when, why. Those are open to question. And how are you thinking about this specific trend? And make sure the trend is relevant to their industry or to them specifically. And when you ask all those three questions, the last thing is just close your mouth and don't say nothing. Let <laughs> them talk. We talked about all the time what it means if you look at a script and you look at the conversation, and if you're speaking 75% of the time, you did it wrong. Asking an open question means your client or your prospect or the person you care about, they're speaking majority of the time. And so we want to make sure that our audience understands that this is going to give you the opportunity to reflect, an opportunity to use the words that you hear back to be able to give it back to the client. Let them know that you're listening to them. And because you're doing that, they're going to open up even further. So we're really excited about all the things that we're doing here at Twins Talking Up. We're really excited about all the podcasts we have. And going forward, we're going to have a lot more teaching, a lot more examples, a lot more entrepreneurs and leaders, mm. just like yourself, to be able to come on our show. And we're so excited about that. So on behalf of my identical twin brother, David, and I, we want to thank you for joining our podcast. Don't forget, get our book that's coming out. We're so excited about it. And don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to make sure you, you participate and, and donate on our Patreon page. And if you're a corporation, don't forget to also be a sponsor. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.